Bootstrapping your business can sometimes feel lonely. Welcome to the Bootstrapped European Entrepreneur Podcast, where you can hear the stories of your peers, as well as the strategies and tactics that have helped them grow their businesses. Your host, Uroj, co-founded a company as a student and led it through the trials and tribulations of bootstrapping to the IPO on the stock exchange. Hi, our guest today is Zoran Perovic, co-founder and general manager of Serbian Open Exchange, SOCS for short. Internet exchanges provide the critical service of connecting content providers with various carriers, thus making the internet faster and more reliable for us and users. In this episode, we talk about how SOGS got started, the difficulties of getting first customers, and we did not left out the sensitive topic of the politics and internet. I hope you will enjoy this episode. Hi Zoran, thank you for joining us here today. Hello Urush, thank you for having me. Some companies are almost invisible to the general public, but in reality, they are a crucial part of infrastructure. Internet exchanges are this kind of businesses. So can you explain to me and to our listeners, how did you recognize this business opportunity? What brought you to starting Serbian Open Exchange, let's say? Oh, yes, yes. It's uh, my favorite story and the one I I like to tell and already told many, many times. First of all, uh, to understand uh, how Internet Exchange is closely related to me and to my partner, to my business partner, Dr. Nenad Krajinovic, is uh, that for 25 years, both Nenad and myself are uh, building telecommunication networks in Serbia and in the region. So I started uh, very, very young as a field engineer in Telecom Serbia and worked my my way up uh, all the way to become a board member of Telecom Serbia. Then I liked being a board member, so I joined the board member of Serbian National Internet Domain Registry Foundation. So I was helping uh, guide the national strategy regarding uh, new CCTLD domain. Somewhere in between, I left uh, Serbia and spent a year in uh, Spain. I worked as a contractor consultant for Ericsson Spain. Then I came back, then I headed a smaller ISP that during my two years became the third largest ISP in the country. And somewhere around that time, I understood that I love building things, that I am an entrepreneur and that I will do that. Of course, I was an entrepreneur even even before that, but uh, I did not recognize that and I did not uh, commit that to myself. So then I was a special advisor to the Minister of Culture, consultant in different mergers and acquisitions, business plan, evaluation of the companies. All that led to IXP, to Internet Exchange. Why? Okay, okay. Can we uh, exp- explore this a little bit? Let's see. So you are a member of the board of uh, several companies. And if I understand correctly, let's say, uh, advisor to the ministry and so on, so on. And then you quit and started again? Or why? Exactly. I quit, but I did not start again. I I, I continued building things. It is something that uh, I was born with. I like building things. For example, working for Ministry of Culture of Serbia, the project was magnificent. Digitization of Serbian cultural heritage. But for two years, having a budget of 3 million euros, we did nothing. 
We built nothing. We held millions of meetings. We talked a lot. We, we drafted three strategies. Uh, we even made one new sector in Ministry of Culture, but uh, we did not build anything. So at some point uh, in life, you have to be honest to yourself and you have to say, okay, uh, working for a corporation is uh, good, but it is not working for me anymore. I am an entrepreneur. I am going to build things. I did not build buildings. I did not build ships. I built a telecommunication company. So it is something that uh, that that has been brewing in my head for for 25 years, uh, and not 25, 20 years. And uh, at that moment, my partner, Dr. Gnad Krajnovic, already built one uh, small uh, IXP, but that was uh, within the Faculty of Electrical Engineering. So when you resigned from these positions, you already had uh, Internet Exchange in mind? In mind, or... yes. In my life plans, no. It was like one morning uh, I wake up and I tell to my wife, darling, I'm going to quit my corporate job and I'm going to build a private company. And she told me, yes, Zoran, I am looking uh, at you for five years. I see that you are restless uh, in the corporation. I know that you are going to, to, to do something about it, and you have my support. It is the crucial thing to have the support of the family. Then, then I did irrational thing. I quit my corporate job and uh, did not prepare myself for being an entrepreneur. So first couple of months uh, was a little bit, uh, okay, should I do consultancy? Should I do IXP? Should I do consultancy? And then I decided to do both. And for two years, uh, I was building uh, IXP business uh, out of incomes that I made from the consulting from the consulting business. So it was, it was for me, how to say, a very, very difficult uh, journey. I was going left and right. I did not pursue my uh, entrepreneurship from the beginning. I used to work for corporation. I used to work for the government. But eventually, IXP is what felt right and what uh, we, my partner and myself, are doing for last 12 years. So you mentioned that your partner was already running an IXP. So you just joined or? No, no. Since Nana and myself, we know each other from uh, faculty days, from uh, from Faculty of Electrical Engineering. It is 30 years ago. I approached him and asked, Nenad, are we going to be partners or we are going to be competitors? And he told me, okay, give me a day or two and I will and I will reply. And after two days... He called me and said, Zoran, we are going to be partners, but please let's not bring down what we have today, this small IXP that is uh, on the Faculty of Electrical Engineering. So we built another one, a bigger, newer, uh, more complex, uh, more feature-rich. And actually, even today, uh, ETF uh, Exchange exists. So it is our decision that we do not ruin what is already built, but to build a new one. So we did not acquire it. We did not migrate it. We simply built a new one, a better one, a different one. Yeah. Okay, so maybe it's time to all explain a little bit what Internet Exchange is. 
Internet exchange is uh, usually an association of IXPs hosting companies, uh, more and more managed security service provider system integrators, business customers. But in the very beginning, it was a place in the in the in the virtual world, in the network, in the internet, where uh, companies, mainly internet service providers, are exchanging traffic for free. Then, when you have uh, three ISPs in the country, it is easy. They connect to each other, they exchange traffic, and that's it. But when you have uh, like 20 ISPs in the countries, then uh, it becomes a mathematical problem. So it is n times n minus (laughs) 1 divided by (laughs) 2. Fully meshed configuration is very difficult to maintain, very expensive to build. And companies came to a solution to, engineers came to a solution to this mathematical problem. And it is to put one node of the network in the middle of this circle where all the ISPs are. And uh, one of the first uh, IXPs, uh, links in London, was established in 1994. And for example, the first ISP in Serbia came to, to operation in 1996. So we might say or conclude that the uh, IXP concept is even older than ISP in Serbia. But when you have a low number of ISPs, IXP is almost not needed. But when you have high number, it is very, very good for uh, ISPs to connect uh, in an efficient way. They can grow their capacities uh, indefinitely. Sometimes it was uh, 100 megabits, then a gigabit, then 10 gigabits. Now it is uh, hundreds of gigabits of traffic that are exchanged via this uh, central point. And this central point actually brings more uh, resilience, more quality, more scalability, And in the end, end users in every country uh, are experiencing much, much, much better response of the web pages when uh, IXP in the country exists. So you mentioned this equation that governs, uh, let's say, businesses with network effects. That's this classical equation. As far as I know, the network kind of businesses are really hard to start because the first users get much less benefit than the users that join later on when the network is already built. So how did you convince these first users to come? Yes, again, one one, one short uh, historical overview. IXPs uh, are usually associations. Uh, Why? Because they agree on the common interest. And that is how how IXPs usually build. then ISPs come to the table and say, okay, it would be much easier for us to connect to central point than to connect to fully meshed. In uh, ex-Yugoslavia countries, for example, IXPs are uh, exclusively built in NRENs, in National Research and Education Networks, meaning within the university. Like in Belgrade, the first uh, IXP in Belgrade was the has been built uh, in Faculty of Electrical Engineering. And that is, that is how to say, neutral point where everybody would like to connect anyhow. For me, building an uh, IXP was somewhat difficult decision because those first customers are really difficult to convince. So the biggest providers in Serbia, Telecom Serbia and the Serbian Broadband, uh, were 
kind of reluctant to join. And there is one funny story that I will not tell now, but it ends with me being in uh, in depth to a very well-recognized Twitter influencer. So he helped me, he helped me to convince uh, Telecom Serbia and SBB to join uh, SOX because it was a good PR. It was not my technical uh, brilliance. It was not uh, our uh, neutrality. It was, it was simply the notion that uh, PR-wise, it would be extremely good to explain that both biggest operators, Telecom Serbia and Serbian Broadband, are keen to cooperate between themselves, are keen to cooperate with third party, are keen to cooperate and exchange traffic with smaller IXPs, all for the good of the internet community, all for the good of the end users. So this um, uh, Twitter influencer explained that it will be very positive if they join and that the network will will be more uh, robust to future failures. I could have told that story for like 100 times, and that would not uh, help them make a decision. But if a PR decision is to be made, then it has to be done. So it was not a technical, it was it was a political and PR decision. But this also shows that's the nature of internet exchanges, because in, for some companies, it's a technical decision. I remember when we joined as a hosting provider, our first IXP, it was technical decision, let's say, to be closer to the ISPs, closer to end users, so that we have a better service for our customers that are content providers, let's say. But let's say when we then uh, came to Croatia and we expected, let's say, similar, let's say, ISP running, uh, we found out that the larger provider, the largest ISP in the country is not part of, let's say, six of Croatian Internet Exchange because they are so dominant that it doesn't make sense for them from strategic point of view, let's say, from the company politics to join. So how is it to, let's say, how do you balance this to this to point of view, the technical one, because the technicians usually want to join, and then this business decision that this politics of joining or not, strategizing, uh, and so on. So PR was solution in first case. Uh, were you in a similar situation later on? To be honest, it's a constant battle. It's a really difficult game, not just technical, not just political, but persuading companies to join uh, is more of a reputational question. So it took us some time to understand, but uh, eventually we we made the business decision to offer free test uh, period. So whoever we wanted to connect, we approached them. We, we are very persistent. We approach them many, many times, uh, as all the entrepreneurs should be, right? Yeah. And uh, eventually, when they say, okay, what is IXP? We say, please don't take my word for it. Test it. But, and that is what I, what I added a couple of years later, but beware, all that tested for a free month continue to use. Why? Because really the effect of connecting to local IXP is extremely positive. Ten years ago, it was financial. You save money on your upstream links because you exchange traffic locally. And that local traffic at that time was like 10%. So it was like 7% of the money that they save from their upstream links. 
But as the time passes, now the local traffic uh, consists something like between 60 and 80 percent, depending on what are the customers on the on the internet exchange. But uh, now it is no longer the question of money. Now it is the question of the quality, it is the question of the security, it is the question of the scalability uh, and the ability uh, of ISP to provide a perfect service to their end users. Why? Because today uh, in biggest uh, IXPs, and I would like to think that uh, SOX is quite big these days, actually it is one of the biggest in Southeastern Europe. So. In uh, our internet exchange, we have uh, cache servers from Google, Akamai, uh, Facebook, TikTok, and most of the traffic that uh, Serbian users are using on their devices, whether it is a desktop, laptop, mobile, whatever, TV, is actually coming locally, either from the servers that are already in our network, or from the local servers uh, in uh, local IXP customers, uh, partners, users, whatever. Uh, we, we like to think of our users as partners, not customers, because our relationship is far, far beyond the customer uh, relationship. We plan together, uh, we exchange problems, we organize meetings, conferences. Uh, really, it is not... Uh, seller-buyer relationship. It is it is really and honestly a partnership uh, between the whole community of uh, companies that are doing something on the internet. I have two questions here. First one is, let's say you mentioned this largest international, large international players, let's say like Google, Akamai, uh, Facebook. How did you, let's say, land their business, let's say? Because in Serbia, you are well-known, uh, well-connected. Did this translate then also into international stage? No, you have to earn it. Why? How? Why and again, how? Again, by being persistent. But the, the key thing was to start socializing, to start meeting people from uh, other companies. And that is done on, uh, on right meetings, on icon meetings, on... Uh, Peering days uh, on EuroX uh, meetings, uh, but let me let me summarize that in uh, in one sentence. It is actually something that we use very lot when we a lot when we talk on the conferences and we visit and uh, present at many conferences. It is communication, collaboration, cooperation. Those three C's are actually the very essence of uh, every internet exchange. Why? Because we need to collaborate with our uh, partners, with our users. Uh, we, we need to exchange thoughts, ideas, solutions to technical problems, that is cooperation. And for all of that to happen, we really need to communicate. It is not in the nature of IT engineers to communicate a lot. So, so we had to step out uh, of our comfort zones and visit really a lot of uh, meetings that are highly focused on uh, technical aspects of internet, but also on uh, internet governance. So, okay, I but this got emphasize... me thinking. Let's say, sorry to interrupt you, but this got me thinking because I never knew what was it. But most of the time, when I met a network engineer, let's say who's who's working for large SP, because there's a few of them. They were really communicative. So it surprised me, let's say, because usually, as you said, tech guys are reserved, 
But network guys are usually, let's say, open one, communicating and so on. And now, I, for the first time, I understand it's part of their business because they have to connect uh, to other networks and so on. And so the communication is really a crucial st- skill. Wow. Sorry. Telecommunication is, uh, is how to say, about connecting people or if you want about bringing people together or about connecting uh, Uh, building bridges, building crossroads. That is telecommunication. We are actually connecting people. But I have to emphasize two persons which helped us uh, tremendously. The first one is Jane Coffin from ISOC, from Internet Society. She was really, really very helpful uh, in the the term that uh, one day in uh, Macedonia on a ripe uh, Southeastern Europe regional meeting, uh, she approached me and said, Zoran, I hear you face issues in uh, building your IXP. And I say, hello, my name is Zoran, who are you? I'm Jane, I'm from Istok. Uh, I heard that you cannot connect uh, telecom and Serbian broadband. Uh, I heard that uh, you are struggling financially. Is there any way we can help you? I said, Jane, I don't know you, but please, uh, I have to give a presentation and I will come back to you in two hours. And I left uh, her wondering probably why he does not want to speak to me. And I did not want to speak to her because I honestly did not know who she was and who she is. So later on, over the lunch, she approached me and said again, Zoran, how can we help? And... Apparently, she helped a lot. Okay, they donated two switches, but that is really, really tip of the iceberg. That is, that is not uh, something that, that changed the, the course of the history. But what she did, she introduced me to a number of people. She introduced me to Martin Levy, who then uh, brought uh, seven root servers uh, to Belgrade just by sending an email. He sent me, Zoran. Let's do this root service. And we sit at the table, sat at the table, and he start writing one email after another, pop, 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 pop. In the course of next week, all of them replied to me, Zoran, I hear that you have uh, an IXP. We are not present in that part of the, of the world. We will send you route service, root service. Uh, Then uh, it happened with Rite, with Icon, with with Verizon, with PCH, and all of that is because we became the part of the fabric of the international fabric, not just Serbian, but international internet governance fabric. Can we explain this a little bit? Because you now touch touch the topic of internet governance. First, let's say, just for the listeners who don't know, root servers are, let's say, the key of the DNS system. So, let's say, each root domain the phone book the phone book the phone book let's say so they're really important part so this is like a major win for probably for an AIXP to let's say to be connected and to host this but let's say isoc what's isoc let's say for the people who don't know yes isoc is a foundation it's a let's call it a company that has a major income coming from a, registration of .org domain. They also maintain uh, IETF, which is Internet Engineering Task Force. It's it's an engineering uh, community that is similar to ITUT, ITUR, that are producing standards that vendors use to 
to manufacture equipment. So they are they're rather important in terms of technical existence of the internet. But the more important thing in ISOC is actually their outreach. So they are having ambassadors, and Jane was one of the ambassadors, and uh, they they go all around the, the world. And at that point of time, Southeastern Europe was part of their strategy. Uh, they said, okay, Western Europe is uh, done, uh, Eastern Europe is uh, more or less uh, stubborn, let's see what we can do in Southeastern Europe, Central Europe. Uh, nowadays it's Africa, nowadays it is Southeast Asia, because uh, internet is really not developed uh, equally all around the globe. So ISOC is the one taking care of the global view of the internet, of the development of the internet, and, and the st- structure of internet governance is extremely complicated. Yeah. We uh, don't have, have a, time probably to go into it. I have a billboard uh, on the on my wall. So I was looking at this billboard for, for like two years trying to understand who is doing what and why. Uh, and becoming part of this billboard, become, becoming part of this international fabric really takes time. And uh, if you are uh, active enough to meet uh, people and to talk to them, they will recognize how you can help them. They will help you. And uh, honestly, it is much, much more than a pure commercial business relationship. Uh, Becoming part of this uh, international fabric uh, is uh, something that enabled Google to come, Facebook to come, because not just that we establish contact through these uh, Uh, persons Jane and Martin, but we establish trust. And nowadays, uh, SOX is member of uh, RIPE, of EuroX. Uh, it's an association of all IXPs in Europe. Uh, it is it is important uh, to establish uh, presence mentally, and uh, then uh, it is obligatory to have biggest local IXPs, but then in order to bring Facebook, Google, Akamai, Limelight, Valve, and whoever else, uh, you need really a recognition from your peers. Uh, you need to to be validated as an esteemed partner. Yeah, it's it is my experience. Let's say it's my feeling, uh, my opinion that this part of the internet governance is still meritocracy. Let's say so. It's still run by reputation, by technical skills. Let's say so. People in these kind of associations need to trust each other to be able to cooperate. So it's, it's, for me, it's interesting, let's say, how some people, let's say, with good standing, as you said, they can solve problems that couldn't be solved before, like uh, on the CEO level or something like that, with two emails. I suggest that we leave uh, internet governance for the end of our uh, conversation, because internet governance is where it, come, where it all comes together. Uh, yeah. Because uh, building an IXP in Serbia is is just one part of the of the, of the metric. You need to be able to have a global overview, to have technical knowledge, and to understand the trend. Uh, why? Uh, because there is another expression that we use, we at Sox use a lot. That is to adapt and to adopt. Uh, In these 12 years, uh, so many things changed. And if we didn't adapt it to these changes, if we did not adopt 
new procedures, new rules, new practices, new policies, we would go bankrupt. We, we would not be able to maintain our position. So the first coming into the game is communication, collaboration, cooperation, but staying in the game is actually to adapt and to adopt. And uh, we all know that internet is becoming containerized. Internet is uh, becoming divided and it is purely political. It is not a technical question. Okay, before we go there, let's say, so you mentioned, uh, let's say that uh, you are attending conferences, you are upgrading equipment and so on. So how large is your team? <laughs> yes, um, our team is very small. We, in general, have uh, between three and five full-time employees. And uh, depending on the on the projects that we have, uh, we hire uh, contractors. So, Nenad, myself, and an office manager, uh, we are we are the core, and uh, and we are full uh, full-time employees. But uh, we have adjacent companies, we have uh, partners, we have uh, a team of software developers, uh, we have vendors that are very close to us, we have managed security service providers, for example, uh, Unicom or Comtrade, uh, they are big system integrators, and we rely uh, on their expertise uh, and their hands and eyes uh, when we have uh, a big project coming. For example, since Corona came, we upgraded our network like not 10 times, but 100 times. We expanded number of ops, points of presence, but we also upgraded uh, all the core elements uh, in the network from uh, 10 gig uh, to 100 gig switches. And then we upgraded uh, fibers and installed DVDMs. And uh, just, just uh, since the Corona started, we invested uh, more than 200,000 euros. And uh, it is not something that three of us could have done uh, alone. So we needed help. And we, we hired uh, our friends, our partners to help, to help us uh, lift this heavy weight. Okay, so you are now the largest definitely in Serbia, also in South Europe probably. So what's in the future for you? Do you, have, uh, do you want to, let's say, stay uh, this size? Or do you have uh, growth plans? Let's see, how do you grow when you are the largest? Yes, there are two phases. The first one is to start and grow. And the second one is to connect new customers. Honestly, we have a challenge finding new customers because we already connected everybody. We do not uh, stop there because internet is evolving. Internet is becoming more and more important in our lives uh, and the ever-changing technology is bringing new services. Uh, for example, we talk about these uh, autonomous cars for five years now, yeah. and we have only probably two models, but we talk about it for five years. We wait for 5G, we wait for low latency, high availability, because when you have a car approaching a pedestrian on the street, uh, two milliseconds is like 10 meters. So two milliseconds is whether uh, the pedestrian will live or die. So uh, for, for us, two milliseconds is, was, has been always important. But for the rest of the market, two milliseconds is eh, two milliseconds, not, not that much. But when you compare it with 10 meters of uh, self-driving car, 
you will find that uh, two milliseconds is the time not just to make a decision, but to apply brakes and to stop the vehicle before hitting the pedestrian. So internet is ever changing. We are uh, evolving together with the internet and uh, both Nenad and myself uh, pride ourselves of uh, being uh, able to cope with the changes, not just technical, but also political and also strategic. This is actually my next question, let's say. You mentioned, alluded before, let's say, to politics. Uh, let's say, and from the outside, Uh, let's say it looks to me that uh, let's say politics um, and let's say their need to influence the internet is one of the biggest strategic threats to IXPs because uh, let's say networking is actually where politics meet the technology of internet let's say where is the biggest influence the the impact point so how do you see this uh, let's say developing It is really danger that internet will uh, evolve in a bad way, not in a good way. For us, for SOX, we are a small team focused uh, on security, stability, scalability. We provide only three services. We are highly focused, uh, we are highly, highly specialized, and we pride ourselves that what we do, we do best on the market. That is exchange of internet traffic, that is DDoS protection, and that is housing servers of, bi- of biggest CDNs in the world. But you are now talking about technical part, but your service has political impact. Yes, exactly. Uh, I am explaining origin, where we, where we came from. We came from a really, a really highly specialized technical service. But this highly specialized technical service, we, we, did not, uh, go, uh, we did not want to go to, for example, hosting services. We did not uh, want to go to, to develop uh, e-government solutions. We did not uh, want to go to, to, to neighboring market segments. We are focused on highly, highly important aspects that is exchange of internet traffic, DDoS protection, and hosting of servers of biggest CDNs in the world. And we thought we are okay, but no, because those three three segments are actually crucial, and that is where politicians and politics uh, start to influence. A uh, long, long time, internet was below the radar. It was a toy, a toy for techies. But eventually, internet became so important that today, Political questions are maybe more important than uh, technical questions. And maybe, maybe we as engineers made a mistake that uh, we made it so easy. We made it like a commodity. We made it as having electricity, water, heating, internet. Everybody assume that there is internet, that it is a human right. No, it is not human right. There is an army of people working on uh, building internet connectivity to to all the users. And uh, Internet Exchange Point is somewhere uh, hidden in the backbone of the network. But that is the place, if, if not done properly, that is the place where politicians uh, or political decisions could influence the internet greatly. That is why, for example, we are a critical infrastructure in Serbia. And that is not that our Ministry of Telecommunication woke up 
one morning I said, okay, SOX is too big, we will uh, now have to regulate. No, it is uh, the general trend, uh, trend of states, of uh, European Union, there is NIS, uh, NIS a directive, there is even now the second version of that directive that is actually regulating more and more uh, something that used to be fully free, fully meritocracy, is it you? you yeah, meritocracy. Said, yeah meritocracy, uh, prone to meritocracy. Now, uh, politicians uh, are thinking about the levers of power and if they can influence uh, those levers of power by interfering with operation of internet. We are all aware of Great Firewall of China. We are now aware of this splinternet that is going to happen probably during the, the civil unrest in Northern Africa, Middle East, there were a lot of filtering of uh, internet traffic, mostly social networks. Then, speaking of social networks, uh, nowadays, actually, 80% of the traffic, uh, internet traffic, comes from uh, five biggest companies. So it is not just that politicians have control. Corporations also have control. So politicians are all about the control. They would like to regain the control from corporations, from vendors, uh, that is not really happening internet development uh, in a good way. So I'm afraid that containerization of the internet, splinternet, uh, actually began like 10 years ago. And it is, those trenches are deeper and deeper. And these days, uh, we are not fully aware of that, but different segments of the internet are already very prone to control of the government. Yeah. You said, let's say, that uh, the mistake that tech is made, that uh, they made the internet too easy. I would maybe challenge you on that. Let's say maybe the mistake was that we took the internet as a technical issue, that we were not aware of, let's say, social implications or political implications as much. So... uh, I don't know how to solve it. Let's say it's, it always begins, each, each technology begins as a technical issue. And if it's successful, it changes the society. So it has social impact. But it's, uh, sometimes it's hard to watch, let's say, this uh, spring internet becoming rela- reality, let's say. So, yeah. So how would we end this conversation on a positive note, let's say? Not, there, is, there is nothing uh, negative uh, about uh, what we spoke today. That is what is happening. The market is evolving. It is the question whether we were happy that politicians did not influence the internet so far or that we are unhappy that somebody wants to control uh, one segment, one rather important segment uh, today. I would say that it is extremely good to communicate, to talk about these issues. We will see, for example, that during this uh, Russian-Ukrainian conflict, war, Uh, there was some notions to deny Russian market completely of internet resources. But two of the biggest internet-related organizations, RIPE and ICANN, they said, no, we do not support that. We will not deny them of the resources because that will in no way be positive. Internet, having internet is a positive thing. If we deny them of domain names, if we deny them of IP addresses, if we deny them of connectivity, of routing, the war will not stop. 
it will just make uh, the the people more miserable and more prone uh, to to fake news to misinformation having internet in russia in ukraine is actually good thing that could make the the war comes to an end faster and i would say that in this uh, unfortunate times having internet as an operational network is really really important and so far it's good that it was not became the victim of war okay so definitely it helps conversation to go on and to happen but maybe to end with a more business question to come back from politics to business so you made this let's say successful transition from corporate uh, board member position to being an entrepreneur uh, to building this really nice nicely designed company with big impact but small small team so you definitely learn something in management so you are the right person to ask this question let's say what would you your advice be to an entrepreneur caught in a board position or in higher management position in corporation and thinking about starting a new starting a company what's the most important thing that they should focus on <laughs> it took me really 20 years to understand uh, the time an entrepreneur and right now with 52 years uh, of age i consider that you cannot be made an entrepreneur you are born with entrepreneurship so as soon as you recognize try to pursue your dreams try to to be brave try to gain support of your uh, friends and uh, family uh, try to build something uh, that uh, will make you feel good because working in a corporation has its perks has its benefits definitely you have a good salary you have a company car you you have the ability to learn to grow but for me the tipping point was when i reached the top and i could not go any higher or i understood that i don't want to go any higher so at that time i said okay what's next i will be advisor i will be consultant i tried that but eventually after two or three years i said yes but what i really want to do is to build stuff so i'm an entrepreneur so my suggestion is listen to your inner self listen to your inner voice and uh, as soon as you recognize that you are entrepreneur make some plans make some uh, partners uh, make good plans and proceed with them Zoran, uh, thank you for such an honest discussion about internet and about your personal and business story. I would also like to thank to each listener who listened to us till the end, and I wish you all the success in this let's say, turbulent market. Same, Horosh, thank you for excellent questions and for excellent uh, guidance. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and do not forget to tell your friends about it. I would really appreciate if you tell me which entrepreneur would you like me to interview next. Just email me at podcast at bootstrapentrepreneurs.eu. The episode show notes are available on www.bootstrapentrepreneurs.eu. See you next week.